On today's episode, we discuss our starting pitcher ranks, ADP choices, and sleepers and busts. That's today on Fastball Fantasy Baseball. This is Fastball Fantasy Baseball with Taylor Tarter and Matt Kirk. Let's get into it. Joining me today is my good buddy Nick DiStefano stepping in for Matt today. Nick, how's it going? Life's good, brother. It's baseball season. Oh, I'm so happy, pumped. Happy to be here. Yeah, and, and I'm extra pumped today. I just wrapped up my interview series. I talked to reporters, writers, you know, somebody involved with the teams covering about two thirds of the league. And like the info there is so, so great. And like there's so many good nuggets. If you haven't heard it, you should go back and listen to those episodes. Insider info. It really is. It. Yeah, for sure. Today, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to cover starting pitchers, and we'll kind of hustle through a little bit. Um, We're not going to go crazy deep here, um, mainly just kind of looking at, like, where do we differ from consensus? Where do we differ from each other? And are there some pitchers that we think maybe are a little off the radar or overlooked that, uh, that you should be looking into more? Uh, and so we're going to start off with uh, the top of the draft and see what we think. Do it. So consensus number one, Spencer Strider, right? Um, I think so for me, the biggest differences between my ranks and like I'm using NFBC ADP right now, um, the biggest differences for me is they have Gosman five, and actually both you and I have him three. And part of part of the big reason for me is that he's just so consistent. Um, and he's one of uh, I I'm just finishing an article for Fantrax about my five must have starting pitchers, and he's one of them, just because he's so consistent. Uh, he's averaged ten point eight strikeouts per nine since twenty nineteen. That's tenth best in that time frame with at least 400 innings pitched. And he, I think, has the second most innings pitched out of all those pitchers. So some of those, it's a much smaller, you know, uh, a much smaller sample size. And he's still 10th best out of that bunch. And last season, he finished with 11 and a half strikeouts per night. Yeah, you said he had the 10th best in that time frame since 2019. If you look at just 23 and 22, he had the best K per nine at, um, let's see, what was, we were, we were at, goodness, I think it was like over 11 at that point, which is, you know, that's, that's insane um, for sure. I, yeah, I agree. He, you know, uh, with a lot of players, a lot of pitchers getting older, you worry about the fastball velo, but that has been pretty steady the last three years. And then I also like to look at like trends in in different data points left on base ground ball like babip those things to me have a lot to do with era and if you're seeing big discrepancies between era and like xfip or sierra it's probably you know one of those things but those last year were basically identical to his career averages and so that like i think it was a 316 era that looks pretty legit to me. He doesn't give up 
a ton of walks. He doesn't give up a ton, a ton of home runs. And like, to me, you know, they have NFBC has Burns and Wheeler ahead of him. And honestly, I think you're getting a lot less like volatility in terms of his production uh, with Gosman. You have Gosman above Burns, correct? I do. Yeah, I have Gosman three, Burns four. Yeah, so I actually, I actually have uh, Burns two and Cole um, four. Um, and part of it is I, I don't like Cole's left on base percentage. I think he regresses from that. Um, I also think Burns will improve in a better park in Baltimore with a much better defense behind him. Um, and when you look at their average draft position, right, Cole's going off the board at 14th in F NFBC drafts and Burns is going 25th. And I don't think there's that much of a difference. I'd rather take, if I can get someone like Strider in the first, if I can't get him, I don't think there's much of a difference to load up on two top two top outfielders that are top 15 outfielders and one and two um, or another position that's thin and then to to throw down with with Burns. But so another quick thing on 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 Gosman, he had the third best home run fly ball percentage at 9.6 percent the six lowest home runs per per nine at 0.85. And that's again between 22 and 23. Um, and then between those two seasons, he's the only pitcher that had a FIP under three um, at 2.68. There's, it, again, you're absolutely spot on. He's extremely consistent. Um, and I think he's under um, undervalued for sure. Yeah, and no, I, I, I was saying I wrote about him, you know, Check check that article out because there's even more stuff in there that'll make you want him even more. Um, one other big difference between our rankings and consensus is we both have Wheeler lower than consensus. And for me, again, I'm looking at trends and what I'm seeing with Wheeler are negative trends. He's uh, seeing a decline in his fastball velocity and three of his pitches performed worse in uh, 2023 than in the season before um, his ERA XFIP and Sierra have all climbed each of the last three seasons. And he's somebody I put after Luis Castillo, because I think you're going to get more strikeouts from Castillo. I do think that Castillo again, kind of is a little bit of volatile with, with ERA. He's probably the guy that like, if, if anyone is going to like shoot up the ranks, like if anyone is going to outperform where I have them, it's going to be Luis Castillo. So I, I don't know if you know this. So I, I was looking it up because I thought, man, I thought he had a better ERA than what he finished with last year. So we finished with the three, three, four with ZRA, but without, he had three bad starts right from August on that he had five plus runs in each of those earned runs in each of those starts that took his ERA from 2.88 to 3.34, which I think you're absolutely right. There's a massive K potential with him. Um, I, I, I also that, that, that lineup is just loaded. I, I, I think he, where we have him at, at five, both of us is, I mean, that's a steal if you can get him, at that spot but if he finished like second overall i don't think i would be surprised Same. you know um and some other issues for me with wheeler um 
I have Gallon and Wheeler back to back. I I th I th think I see them kind of similarly, like like mid three ERA, but the potential for that ERA to be a little lower. Um, I know you are kind of like a little a little worried with Gallon too. You have him nine. I have him six. And um, so I I think it's important to think about in these like top ten pitchers. Depends on what your strategy is. Like if you're trying to go kind of like a pocket ace strategy and you want two people, you need two two top ten people that are more guaranteed, right? Or are you chasing keys or are you points like so you've got to think about your your um your league setup as well. And I think there's just too much risk with someone like Gallon. Um I don't I wouldn't be mad about having him if I had Strider as well, but I don't want him to be my first. Mm -hmm. picture off the board yeah and so our our last couple here that are big differences um for me actually for both of us we have uh jesus lizardo i have him nine you have him eight jesus lizard i so i was looking into this because like you know pablo lopez he's ninth in nfbc as starting pitcher and i was like how di how different are they really? How different are Pablo Lopez and Jesus Lazardo? And they're super, super similar in terms of strikeouts and walks per nine, ground ball rate, left on base rate. The only difference last season, Lazardo had a better ERA with the expected stats being better for Pablo Lopez. And their projections are very similar too. Slightly worse with Lazardo but like not, it's very, very marginal. And, you know, I think, of course, Jesus Lizardo, wider range of outcomes because of uh, his injury history, of course, but the stuff is insane. And if he can stay healthy, he's going to be so good. And a lot of the projections, so he pitched like 170-something innings uh, last season. A lot of the projections don't have any increase at all in his innings. And I think they're baking in his past into that. He could be a 200 inning pitcher if he stays healthy. Absolutely. And like, why can't he? Why can't he do that? And he's young too. Like also, I mean, if you break down his pitches too, like when you look at like the, the stuff on his pitches, he's got a top 10 spin rate on his fastball, top five cutter, right? Like he has nasty stuff. Um, he could be, he could be the next, Spencer Strider, who like, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised, right? Like, if that's what we're at the end of the season, we're like, dang, he's the same. Like, we're looking next year at Jesus Lizardo and Spencer Strider as the top two pitchers going into 2025. The the only pitcher with a better slider than Jesus Lizardo last season was Spencer Strider. Mm -hmm. So uh Lizardo throws through slider 800 times last season. I had a 51% whiff rate and a 30% put away rate. So half the time he's throwing it, people are swinging and missing. And a third of the time that he's throwing it as a put away pitch, it's getting people out. He is one of four pitchers to have a 50% whiff rate on any pitches thrown in at least 150 plate appearances. Snell's curveball, Strider slider, and Senga's forkball are the only others. And, um, you know, that that uh, must-have pitchers article I'm writing, Senga's in there, too. Yeah. Um, and, well, you know, his change, 
Lizardo's changeup is also super nasty. And, and this is the big sell for me because he had a 36% with, but only a 16% put away last season. The year before it was a 25% put away. If he can get that there this season, he's going to get righties out with that. He's going to get lefties out with the slider and he's going to be one of the best pitchers in baseball. Yeah, absolutely. And he's going off the board in NFBC drafts at 86th overall. He needs to go before that. He's someone that I would absolutely reach on a uh, round or two earlier. 100%. I actually Easily. did in a, in a draft. <laughs> uh, and then for me, um, I had Glasnow and Kirby out of the top 10. They are in, uh, they are in the NFBC top 10. Basically, for Glasnow, it's innings pitched, and Nola oh. has more chances for quality starts and wins because he's going to see more innings. And then Kirby, for me, all these other guys are getting you 9, 10, 11 strikeouts per nine or more for Strider, you know? Yeah. And sure. Kirby isn't. And, you know, so he's my he he's 11 for me yeah sure you know, so he's just outside of the top 10 but like i have scooball glasnow and freed at 19 20 21 for me because i see them very very similarly in terms of like innings pitched basically yeah the only the reason i think kirby goes higher in an fbc drafts is that prospect pedigree right like and i was looking up his his k per nine in the minors and he's 11 plus k per nine for two straight seasons in the minors so um, when I look at the innings limit on someone like Glass now, I'm going to bump Kirby up, even though he's, you know, in 23, he had 8.12 Ks per nine, right? That's not amazing. That's not fantastic. But he also did have the lowest walks per nine in 2023 at 0.9 walks per per nine. And I mean, that's pretty fantastic. Uh, uh, that, so that, that's what Kirby's going to, yeah, that's he's what Kirby's going to give you. More than he's going to give you the ratios, so Mm -hmm. you can take a guy like Zach Gallen and then take a guy like George Kirby as kind of like a one two if you want. All right, let's look at some ADP battles. So, NFBC has these guys going between picks 60 and 72. Their starting pitchers 14 through 21. Um, they are Freddie Peralta, Framber, Max Freed, Logan Webb, uh, Snell, Logan Gilbert, Senga, and Grayson Rodriguez. Um, anything stand out to you there? So I just want to talk about my boy Grayson. And it might be because I'm a homer, but also I think that there's there's a lot of underlying numbers to his 2023. That if I was looking at this group, I would put him at the top of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so in May alone, right, he came up, he had a great first couple starts in April. And then in May, he had 11 home runs in 21 innings pitched. That's bad. Um, and I, I trust me, I watched it. It was pretty brutal. Um, so he was sent down, came back. And when he came back, he actually dominated. So if you look at his ERA in the second half from like the middle of July, he had an ERA of 2.58 and it was the fifth best in the league um so when you look at that and then you look at his stuff um he's someone who i would reach for what i worry about is i think that there are people who are 
feel similar to me who will shoot him up the draft board higher. And I think it's important where you get into the range here of pitchers and all of these ones who none of them are perfect and you have to figure out how they fit into whoever else you've already drafted. So if I've already got high K potential people, I'm might not take Grayson. Um, I might look at someone like Webb in this, this mm-hmm. who is not going to get me K's, but he's not going to kill my ratios. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I have Webb uh, at the top of this grouping and then I follow him with Senga. Um, and I also prefer Peralta and Grayson after them in that order. And just for like context with, with this. So this was uh, starting pitchers 14 to 21 by NFBC. Um, so I have freed as 21 uh, mm-hmm. and Snell as 24. So all those guys are top 20 ish for me. Uh, my favorite pitcher in this group is Kodai Senga. And, you know, people will probably think 2023, a little fluky, but like looking at some of the data, he had a reasonable 277 BABIP, 11% home run to fly ball rate, 44% ground ball rate. All those are like pretty solid, pretty normal, pretty repeatable uh, numbers. And that 11% home run to fly ball rate, really important too, when you're factoring in like, is this the right ERA, you know, are his, are his, you know, expected ERA stats a little closer. The worry for me is that four walks per nine, but I I was looking at this and I think it's his fork ball. And I think so if you look at on the stat cast, if you look at the like the heat map for it, he throws it low all the time. Like it's the bottom corner the whole time. And like uh, my thought is like, what if we, you know, what if he changes the sequencing a little bit and those, what if he gets more batters to swing and miss than like to spit on it basically sure. than last season? well, you're going to have a lower walk rate, right? And, you know, I, I think that's very well a possibility. He had a lower than league average chase rate, at, which is surprising for a guy striking out this many batters. And for me, like adjusting like the the usage and the sequencing a little bit could be the thing that gets that walk rate down, the strikeout rate up even more, um, sure. you know, the he had an 80 percent left on base rate that probably doesn't stick he was one of only three starting pitchers that did it last season but there's so much to like here that makes him like very very interesting to me yeah so if you break down i was going when i was looking at him i was looking at like him almost game by game and his so his walk rate at the end like the second half of of his season dropped like his walk rate started out like astronomically high it was like 15 or 16 percent through like the first like 10 games or so and then he actually had a game where he had no walks and then from there on out he kind of had about a 10 percent um walk rate which for the large majority of his year right but you can't and when you look at his overall walk rate you can't take those out but i think it's important when you're making those evaluations of players this year that you don't just look at the numbers you look at like how did they actually change which is why i bring up some players like grayson where he had 
21 innings pitched and 11 home runs in it. Like that's going to kill your ratios when you look at the overall. Um, so I, I don't disagree with you. I think the, the K potential is massive with Senga. And again, he's still adjusting. Like it was his first year in the league. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think he could um, definitely outperform his ADP. Yeah. And he throws six pitches and like maybe maybe phase one out like you know focus on a couple you know a couple of the good ones to just for like uh context here four of them have whiff rates over 26 percent four of them have put away rates over 20 percent five of them have batting averages against under 250 and three have expected batting averages against under 250 so, like, for me, he's absolutely a pitcher to target. And, you know, he is, in my ranks, he is 13. 13. So okay. I have him, you know, kind of way up there. Um, I-, I think he could be one of the most improved pitchers uh, in the game. But I've, and, got him at, I've got him at 16, but I've got Grayson at 15. Yeah. So we're not far off. Yeah. Um, a couple other guys, you know, uh, you mentioned Grayson. I, I like the, uh, I think he's going to improve. Like he, he should be very, very good. One player I have no faith in is Blake <laughs> Snell. And I'm not going to talk about him anymore because I did my 100 facts article on fan tracks and he was like seven of the facts. <laughs> so I think that's enough. He's just so it's so funny to look at him from year to year. It's like one year it's amazing, and the next year I'm like, what what happened? I don't understand. So when you look at him like on the larger picture, he can look so good because he has these years where he's just amazing, and then the next year it's like he forgets how to even like look at a baseball correctly. Yeah, yeah, and so one one other grouping that I think is really important to look at, and and these are probably going to be, you know. Uh, mid mid round to late round in in most drafts um is starting pitchers 41 to 47 with an nfbc adp of 163 to 177 so in order this again 41 to 47 ober sale mitch keller uh rodan barrios bieber and christian javier just stop trying to make christian javier happen it's not it's like fetch <laughs> he is fetch it's not going to happen um i have i have bieber 36 at the top of this list um over let me look at my rankings here i think i have him higher oh no i have over 43 sale 44 rodan is 46 so kind of in this range um, but I do, I, I like Bieber over sale. And then I kind of see like Rodon and Berrios in the same category and then Keller and then Javier for me is way, way down. But what you're looking at with all of these pitchers, they all have warts. They all have flaws. Mm-hmm. And I, the, the trick here is finding the pitcher with the fewest warts. So I'm, I think it's interesting that you think that we shouldn't be trying to make Javier work, right? Like, I, so I was looking at, I was curious because I feel like he's a high um, K per nine pitcher, right? Like, why why is he like this, right? So his K per nine 
between twenty one from two thousand twenty one to now is ten point five points per nine. I feel like that's the type of pitcher you would like. Um, so right? Has I the, I figured yeah. that I figured this out last year because I like I. I everybody everybody was so in on Christian Javier last year. Everybody was like top twenty, top twenty. People are calling me crazy. I was saying he's gonna be like gonna I, I originally I originally had him like forty sixth in my rankings, and then people were like, "Are you crazy?" And I was like, "All right, thirty fourth." <laughs> and and like you can go back and look at my fan tracks rankings from last year. I was way lower than consensus, and your boy was right because. <laughs> He cannot I forget which what is he a righty or is he a lefty? Um he is a hold on, I've got his stuff up. I here. think he's a righty and he, he's a righty. Yeah. He doesn't have an out pitch against lefties. He's a two-pitch pitcher, fastball slider, yeah. great slider, great at getting righties out, but terrible at getting lefties out. His changeup is awful, and he like just gets lit up against lefties. And, uh, and I figured that out and yeah. that's why, that's why if you look, you know, he was in the bullpen for part of those seasons and that's where he did really well because he's really good against righties and really bad against lefties. And that's what he should be. He should be a, like a, a seventh, eighth inning reliever and not a starting pitcher. Yeah, it's so wild to say. I'm very his, passionately against his, Christian Javier, his, and I didn't yeah, even realize I was this. Hey, for nine dropped from 11.74 Ks per nine in 2022 to only 8.8 in in 23. But how many how many games how many games started did he have? 31 in 23 and 25 in 22. Um, in 21, he only had nine games started. He's still at 11.5. How many nine. how many games played in those seasons? Because there's yeah. games and games started. Yeah, so in, in 21 he had 36 games played and nine games started. Uh-huh. And 22, 30 games and 25 games uh-huh. started. Right. And then 31 and 31 in in 23. He's not a starting play. pitcher. He's not a starting pitcher. So, so I'm I'm I hope people listen to me this year. Because I I said it all last season and I was completely right, um. But like I said, right, all these pitchers have have flaws, right? So guys like Salem Rodon, high strikeout pitchers, but they have injury history, probably have innings pitch limitations. Bieber's another guy that might not get a ton of innings. His uh his strikeout rate has gone through the floor, um, but his floor is excellent you know he he finished with a four era only one time and it was his rookie year of 114 innings pitched and his xfip was never higher than four and his sierra was over four only last season when his era was over over four so like the floor you're gonna get with bieber is really solid but you just might not get that many innings because he'd been hurt for for me, um, Ober, I have next in that tier because he has a decent chance of getting nine strikeouts per nine and under two walks per nine. But there are home run issues with low ground ball rate. And, you know, those 
high high home run totals and low ground ball totals are not great. You know, you, with a pitcher like that, what you're hoping for is solo homers. Like you're hoping, <laughs> you're hoping he doesn't give up home runs with guys on base. Yeah, and like for sure. that's that's not what that's not what you want to do. Yeah, I think in in these types of players, these players that are older, I like to look at something like their total innings pitched, right, over like a long period of time. And you would think someone like Shane Bieber with his injury history is like, all right, well, he can't have that many. He's still top 20 innings pitched in the last five years. Like, that's insane. The dude's arm has got to be like, it's not what it was. No, yeah, and and but like again, you know, if they if they manage him well, then you know you might get 120 really good innings. Um, I think uh for Barrios, I think people that play fantasy like everybody's eyes got wide after the three five ERA in 2021. Yeah, (laughs) but if you go back and look. He's he's been so average. He's been one of the most average pitchers his yeah. whole career. Four fifteen really? ERA for his career, average. Um, under nine strikeouts per nine for his career, and under nine in two of the last three seasons. So to me, you know, he kind of like came back last year, like leveled off after a really really bad twenty twenty two, but like this is not a guy I'm like excited about in any way or I'm trying to draft it all. So um, I, you know, if you have a couple like high, if you have a couple high strikeout, low ERA pitchers early and you just need like an innings eater, then maybe, you know, but I think I just, I would rather take over obviously. Um, And then for, for Mitch Keller, if he can continue to improve the strikeout and walk numbers this season, I think he has the biggest shot of like moving out of this tier. But uh, is he going to do that? And like, so for me, he's starting pitcher fifty. Yeah, I, I, I think too when you're looking at stuff like this, it's again, it's been important to look over like a large, larger period of time over some of these guys. So like. One fun fact I've always looking at Rodon since 2019, he has the third best home run to fly ball percentage, right? So, like, that's important, especially pitching in Yankee Stadium, right? So, I think, again, look at like larger period when you're getting to some of these players that aren't the top 10 players that are, aren't the sure thing. I think looking at a larger sample size is more important. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, like I said, I, I'm like looking, especially for pitching, I'm looking at trends. Like what are they doing year over year? What's changing? What's getting better? What's getting worse? All right. We're going to dig into three other pitchers here uh, in just a second. After evaluating millions of pieces of data in the blink of an eye, the Gambletron 2000 says the winner is... Cincinnati by 200 points. All right. So the first one we're going to talk about here is Merrill Kelly. And uh, this is another one of my must-have pitchers from my Fantrax article that might be out uh, by the time people are hearing this. Um, And again, I will have more information there than here. Um, So I kind of sparked a little Twitter debate 
about Merrill Kelly um, because I'm way higher on him than consensus. Um, NFBC ADP for him is 152. That's starting pitcher 39. And I have him. Let's see where I have him. I have him way higher. 15, where do you have him at? 15. Whoa. Yeah. So call Tell me crazy. Call yeah, me crazy. So basically what essentially everybody was saying to me is like, he's old, you know, last season was a fluke. And yes, if you, he is old, Taylor. he's old, but okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. So the, the, what everybody's saying is a fluke last season is that he had 9.4 strikeouts per nine innings, which is the highest of his major league career. And, you know, that like people would look at and be like, like you know where did that come from well it i think it's legit he changed his pitch mix he changes you know he threw more change-ups curveballs and sliders he threw less cutters and sinkers and his change-up and slider were really really good uh 32 percent and 41 percent whiff rates um uh, uh respectively there um he was so okay, so I have a little news. Um, I invented a stat with a few guys at a pitcher list, and it's a pitching stat called out percent or out rate. And so, like a few people, I'd been working on it, uh, something like that, and I kind of like said, like, "Hey, what about like this?" What? Because my what I wanted to know was how good is this pitcher at getting outs? How good is this pitcher at like inducing it is just getting outs and it factors in um, like league average defense. So you're like accounting for, you know, some defenses are helping get batters out. Some defenses are costing pitchers outs. It's factoring all forms of outs, strikeouts, ground outs, flyouts, everything. Um, and so what what uh, the data guys did is they figured out the um, league average out rate for each pitch and then Damn. figured out each pitcher's out rate for each of their pitches. And I'm saying all of this to say that's fantastic. The <laughs> the average out rate for a changeup is 19 percent. Okay. And uh, for. Merrill Kelly, his was 21%. That is top 30 among all pitchers who threw a changeup at least 300 times. Um, other pitches he has with above average out rate, his fastball, his sinker, which is way above average. Uh, and then he has five pitches with a 24% or higher whiff rate, four with a 20% or higher put away rate. So to me, like what we're seeing is a pitcher who saw his really good pitches were working really well and used them more and got people out. And, you know, part of that could be good defense. Well, not a lot has changed with his, with his defense. They brought back almost everybody, you know, so what are we worried about? His home run per nine, BABIP, left on base and ground ball rates were all in line with his career norms. He had a 12% home run to fly ball rate. Tell me why. His, so he had a 329 ERA. 
383 XFIP 412 Sierra. Tell me where that comes from. Tell me where that comes from. The only thing I can point to is that he had the highest walks per nine of his career. And even that wasn't bad. No, but that's because his walks per nine, like back in 2020, it was like a 4% walk per nine. Like he didn't walk anybody. So it kind of had to go up. <laughs> right. And, like, and how much of that is changing the pick mix, pick, pitch mix a yeah. bit, throwing more changes and curves, which are inherently going to land outside of the zone. Pitchers don't, uh, hitters don't swing more walks but you get more strikeouts too and i think that if you look at pro the projections what they're not doing is they're not considering the changes last season and, and like what they're they're looking at the past three years five years whatever and they're saying taking all that data and they're saying this is what he's going to do so and i think that's a flaw in the system yeah for sure based on everything you're just saying it sounds like I would still say most people would look at him and say he's still not that sexy pitcher, right? Like he's not the person who he's not. So here's, I was just looking at average draft position, right? He's going 148 off the board in NFBC. Pitchers going before him, Jordan Montgomery at 144. 100% right? take him over Jordan Montgomery. Hunter Green at 138. Hunter Green is a sexy prospect pedigree you know, throw, but he's going to have a four, eight ERA, but his ERA is going to be out, out the, the building, right? Chris Bassett, one thirty four, four right? ERA, right? Um, let's see who else we got. Justin Verlander, one twenty third off the board. Um, right. Tanner Scott, Sonny Gray, Walker Bueller. I think all of those pitchers and like at this point in the draft, you should be taking a pitcher who is more consistent, not somebody who is going to be volatile. And everything you just described about Merrill Kelly, I think shows the consistency of him for sure. Yeah. And, and the other thing going back to his age, right. And this is also a, to me, a flaw in the projections is they like factor for age. He's 35 years old, but he has uh 1480 professional innings that's including his time in korea okay garrett cole is 33 and he has 400 more innings holy smokes so like what again what are we talking about here garrett cole has seen a decline in his velocity strikeouts and other stats and you know who hasn't merrill kelly his velocity hasn't really changed and he's 35. This is not an apples to apples sort of thing for, for, you know, it's not an apples to apples projection for Merrill Kelly. He's different. You know, he's a, he's a different pitcher than, than like he was two years ago. And that's why, and if to me, what I'm, what I'm banking on is nine strikeouts per nine, three 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 five era and like that's i think that's better than what you're going to get with joe musgrove max freed i think you know tyler glass now will get you the strikeouts but there's era risk scooble there's era risk uh grayson era risk mm -hmm. and you know those guys are all getting you strikeouts too but that's kind of what climbed merrill kelly up the up the like rankings for me is like strikeouts but 
I'm thinking I'm in my brain projecting like a three, three ERA. And for some of those guys, I'm projecting like a three, seven ERA. And to me, that's the, that's the difference. Yeah, for sure. Well, I might be moving about my draft board, especially knowing that you created your own um, stat that I'm going to be getting off of this recording with you and wanting to know 10 times more about. You better put an article out about that for all of us. Actually, there will be an article for Pitcher <laughs> List um, in early March. We're going we're gonna to have that out. Solid. Love it. All right, so someone who is not as old, um, more like middle of his, I would say probably in his close to his prime, twenty-seven years old, my my good buddy Joe Ryan. Uh, so the next two guys actually we're gonna break down are actually drafted back to back in um, NFBC right now, um, and Joe Ryan is currently drafted at twenty seventh as a starting pitcher and ninetieth overall. Um, so some things that I like about him just to break down, right? So some positives. Um, from 21 to 23, he's had the 18th best, 18th best K percentage at 27.7%. That's better than some of the players we have in our top 10, like Gallon, Lazardo, Lopez, um, right? He's traditionally someone who has had really good stuff. Um, he's a fastball pitcher. Um, and with that, I, I think you – have the possibility when you're looking at him as drafting someone who's going to get you lots of case. Um, some signs pointing to some improvement from 23. So his BABIP was up from 22 to 23 and 22 was um, 0.253. And in 23, it was 0.305. Um, so I think that shows a little bit of unluckiness that he had in um, 23. Um, honestly, when you look at, at, Joe Ryan, like, and this doesn't really surprise me. Um, he gives up a lot of home runs. Um, so when he gives up bombs, he often bombs. Um, he had six awful starts um, with a five plus earned runs um, in, in that outing last year. And uh, in those, he allowed two home runs in all of them. Um, the worst one he had was a seven earned run meltdown in St. Louis. Um, in that game, I believe he gave up four home runs and one was a three-run shot to Alec Burleson. <laughs> so um, Alec Burleson, for um, context, in case anyone forgot who he was, had eight home runs last year and OPS of 691, right? So um, Joe Ryan is one of those people who, you know, he's not going to give you the best ratios, but I also don't think he's going to completely kill them for you. Um some other things to know about him, right? His home run or fly ball rate was um, just over 14.9, um, which is high, but that's up from um, 9.5 the mm -hmm. year prior. Um, so I don't think that remains the same. I think that will come back down to the more of his career average. Um, and if it does drop, right, and he has that high K percentage, I think he's being drafted too late. Um, at 90th overall, I think there's the potential for him to be drafted closer to like 70th or 80th. I would reach a round or two early for him. I wouldn't go further than that. Um, but I think if you look at just his, his array and how he finished last year, you might be, if you look at him, there might be some recency bias where people are thinking, I don't really want him here. I didn't do too well with him last year. And I think that's a mistake. Yeah. So I have him. I have him 35th 
he was okay. starting pitcher 27 so that's I feel like I'm pretty close on him I, I don't love him you know you gotta he's one of those pitches where you gotta like take the good with the bad because like you said he does give up a good chunk of home runs like and that's been like his whole career basically like that's kind of like his mo and he's like ober he is high home run low ground ball Mm -hmm. And so there are risks there. And, but what you're getting with him is high strikeout, low walk. So, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's, he's like a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde sort of pitcher. And for me, that's the risk is like, you just don't know which one you're going to get. And that's kind of why I have him lower is I, I think there is some, risk that he you know he had uh three five five era in 2022 he had a four five era in 2023 and like that's the risk is like it could be three five era that could get you like a top 25 pitcher he could have four five era and that could land you at like 90 you know i think he's closer to about a like an era of a four right so like in between right in the between the middle of those which i think if you look at league average right it's not that far it's not that far off and with the amount of case that he's gonna get you he's a 405 era for his career yeah so i i I think he's i i think he's he's undervalued based on the case that he's going to give you. But I can understand why, depending on your roster makeup and what your goals are in your draft, you might limit him if you've gone high upside mm-hmm. or high high case at the start. But if you didn't get Strider or Cole or Burns, you're going to be chasing case for a while because the case per nine went down league overall last year, right? Everybody had less case. So Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're getting like, 10 strikeouts per nine innings, which is what he did last year. Uh, You know, if you're getting that in the middle rounds, like that's really, really solid. You just got to know you're getting home runs too. <laughs> Your ratios are sunk. Maybe not in a point. So you yeah. don't want it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I think for like a, like a roto or like a head to head categories league, as long as you have the right other pitchers, like I would, I think that's the right spot for him. For sure. Maybe not in points. Um, our last pitcher that we're going to talk about today is one of my favorites from the season. Your boy. Uh, Justin Steele, who has an NFBC ADP of 105 overall. He's starting pitcher 28. And I think I have him right around, I have him exactly at 28 as well. So, the, the his projections have him all all of them are under nine strikeouts per nine innings, but he has had nine or more strikeouts per nine innings in all three seasons so far. So I think there's a little bit of like, why is that happening? Well, you know, is that pushing him down? Like, should I have him higher than twenty eighth? Um, or are other people kind of seeing what I'm seeing too, and like. 28th is you know what i mean like like are are all of us right on him basically 
or should I have him higher? Um, so to me, what I'm seeing, I'm looking at like the year over year stuff. I'm looking at the trends. He improved his walks per nine each year with an innings increase each year. So more innings, better walk rate. Um, 173 so, innings pitched in 2023. Uh, his highest projection right now is 181 innings pitched uh, for this season. I'll take the over. I'll take bad. the over on that. If he's healthy, I'd take 190. You know, yeah. I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to take the over. I'm willing to bet on that. And then um looking at like his ERA last season, he had a 306 ERA and his career BABIP is 308. His BABIP last season was 317. So, you know, looking at some of those things, I think we're looking at a pretty legit three ERA. Uh 73% left on base, 49% ground ball rate, which is really good. Those were almost identical to his career numbers. The only area I think where we're going to see regression that will affect his ERA is his home run to fly ball rate, which was like slightly low. It was just under 10% last year. But I don't think that's going to regress that much because he really doesn't give up a ton of home runs. Um, but, you know, you know, a two per two percent, you know, have him get closer to eleven or twelve percent home run to fly ball rate, which is more league average. Like maybe that translates to like a three two or a three three ERA instead. Um, so I, I like him a lot. Um he went heavy fastball slider last season and it worked. Uh his slider in particular is really good. Um if you if you go to pitcher list and you look at like his PLV um, data, it grades his slider as a quality pitch, uh, which is a very, very good pitch. Um, and then again, with out percent out rate, uh, his slider is well above average in terms of out rate. And for context, everybody loves Logan Webb. Um, Logan Webb's slider is below average and hmm. Justin Steele's slider is well above average. Steele also has an above average fastball according to outrate as well. Um, maybe I might be talking myself into moving him up into like the top <laughs> 25. We'll see. Yeah. I, I, I honestly get worried sometimes about pitchers who are two pitch pitchers, right? Like fastball slider, like, like Steele and they're, they're, walks like the fact that he had he's gone down year after year despite going up in walk rates right i think is when you look at the fact that he's increased his pitch or his innings pitched the last three years significantly right from like 50 some to 120 to 170 um i get i would usually if i just saw the walk rate go down i would get nervous with a two-pitch pitcher because you know it, it there's a potential and he gives a pretty good hard contact, right? Like I think his hard contact is over like 35% last year. So he's getting hit decently hard. There's the potential, like you said, for that, those home runs to increase. But also I worry about a, a pitcher who throws just two pitches, a potential for walks to increase. But I appreciate that you talked about the fact that his innings went up and he still brought the pit, the, the walk rate down. Mm -hmm. I think, that's the two, like the two, and that's what's 
I like the way that you look at data and we look at it similarly that like, you don't just look at one stat, you look at them together, right? If you just look at the walk rate, you're going to be like, oh, okay, how did he sustain that? But he's increased the innings significantly as well. Um, so I think that kind of eliminates that. Yeah. Concern. And like, just kind of looking, because I know I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth with Justin Steele and, uh, 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 oh, Javier, Christian Javier. Uh-huh. Uh so he threw his sinker more last season. No, in 2022 he threw his sinker more in 2022 um against lefties like three times as much. And I wonder if he gets back to that like if he if needed cuz he just maybe didn't need it last year because his fastball and slider were working so well. Uh, you know, he had his sinker uh, was 26% put away rate last year, and he threw it 158 times and 90 times against lefties. Last mm. season, he threw it 48 times, 31 of them against lefties. So, you know, maybe maybe he just doesn't need it. I don't know. And um I guess right. What is he doing against righties? He's thrown his he's thrown his slider a lot against righties too. Uh, sinker was thrown a lot, sixty eight times against righties. Uh, you know, all his changeup and curveball, he's basically phased out. Yeah, he's uh, only a two pitch pitcher, and, that, and that's the thing. Honestly, sometimes I worry just about it's kind of when you look at a two pitch pitcher, there's more of an opportunity for there to be that like a streaky streak of bad games, right? If one pitch is, is not there, right? That like, he's going to start walking people, um, right? But he shows when you look at, like you said, um, those two combined that he's clearly figured out that those are his two best pitches and he's not, and you can see if you look from year to year, the other pitches have stopped being used because they're not, mm-hmm. as, there's no, and, and you can see that he hasn't always been a two pitch pitcher. Um, so yeah, that's, that, that's, that's what I'm thinking is like, you know, if he gets into if he gets into situations where he needs to use the sinker against righties, I think he will. Same for the changeup. You know, I think he will. And like past seasons, uh, his whiff rate was twenty percent on his changeup last season. His curveball whiff rate last season was forty five percent. Put away, uh, put away rate on the sinker last season was twenty six. You know, so like, I think I think he has the stuff to get right handed batters out more than more than Javier has the stuff to get left handed batters out. Yeah. And and uh, I think that's kind of I think that's why I like Justin Steele more. I just think his stuff is better. For sure. All Good right, stuff. that's our that's our pitcher episode. <laughs> <laughs>
You can also find my fantasy analysis at several outlets this year, including Pitcherless and Fantrax. So keep your eyes out. Finally, please give the show a five-star rating. Each high rating will move this podcast up the list on all the podcast platforms when people search for fantasy baseball. So it's something that really helps us out. And thanks for listening.